Heartbleed is a flaw in the OpenSSL cryptographic library that was discovered in 2014. Has the flaw been fixed? And if so, to what extent? Hi, I'm Matthew Schwartz, executive editor with Information Security Media Group. And to help give us a Heartbleed update, I'm speaking with Billy Rios, security researcher who's the founder behind Whitescope. Billy, thanks very much for joining me today. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So what's the state of play with Heartbleed and the fixes involved in Heartbleed? There's some goods and there's some bads, right? So in 2014, when this vulnerability was disclosed, I think we mapped out that there were 1.5 million servers on the internet that were vulnerable to Heartbleed. So that's an astounding number of servers that are vulnerable on the internet to Heartbleed. We pulled some data on 30 May of 2016, so just a few weeks ago. And uh, we pulled it from a source called Census.io, so anyone can go and verify the findings and the numbers that we came up with. We want it to be very repeatable and verifiable you know, by third parties. We discovered that there's you know, over 200,000 hosts on the internet that are still vulnerable, right? So that's almost you know, nearly a quarter of a million hosts on the internet that are still vulnerable. So that's pretty amazing considering Heartblade is probably one of the most well-known vulnerabilities ever. To think that you know, we still have nearly a quarter of a million hosts on the internet they're still vulnerable to that bug. That's pretty astounding, right? And so when you say 200,000, is that a definite number or could that be potentially be undercounting things slightly? Yeah, if anything, it's it'll be undercounted. The data that we have is basically internet accessible systems, but we wanted the data to be accessible to unauthenticated users essentially. So it's not like we're guessing passwords or running exploits to determine whether or not something's vulnerable to Heartbleed. It's really just a query to see if the service that's listening is vulnerable to Heartbleed. A number of ports. If someone is running a service on a weird port that's not standard, or if someone's running a service that's running on a, a port that, that's not scanned for, we wouldn't see that. So over 200,000 is a number that we know for sure is vulnerable. It could be higher, but we wanted the number to be verifiable and repeatable. And so the data that we have shows over 200,000 that's verifiable and repeatable. But if you wanted to dig deeper and scan more ports and scan more services, it'd probably be a little bit higher. And were you surprised that there was this quantity of Heartbleed vulnerable systems? Yeah, you know, I was surprised. Like I said, given the fact that Heartbleed is probably one of the most well-known vulnerabilities ever, given the fact that most vulnerability managers certainly know of it, but folks on boards of organizations have heard about Heartbleed. It was on CNN. There's hundreds of tools to detect whether or not you're vulnerable to Heartbleed. Every vulnerability management software suite that I know of has a Heartbleed check. The patch is certainly available you know, for download and installation. So there is no excuse for not knowing you're vulnerable to Heartbleed. I mean, you know, we're looking at data that shows us where the vulnerable servers are at. I'm actually a little surprised that you know, folks who own this infrastructure don't realize that they're running something on the internet that's vulnerable to such a bug. Now, if you were to do this scan again in a year's time, do you think the data would meaningfully change? You know, I think it would. So looking at some of the data, there are some interesting pieces in there. Like for example, there's a lot of devices that are vulnerable. And so I'm wondering if the proliferation of things like IoT and connected devices might even push the number up a little bit more. You know, I don't know that for certain, but uh, it'd be interesting to see how connected devices kind of affects this, the number there and affects the problem. So what else did you find when you did this Heartbleed assessment? Yeah, so we broke down the vulnerable servers by a lot of different categories. And so some of the statistics are kind of fun. For example, the most vulnerable country a little shame to say that the United States is the most vulnerable country when it comes to Heartbleed, with China, you know, in a distant second, and then Germany in an even further distant third, right? So, you know, if you're looking to exploit a country using the Heartbleed vulnerability, the United States is the country with the most vulnerable systems facing the internet. 
We didn't look at this per capita. You know, what that means is given the number of systems in a particular country, how many are vulnerable, we didn't look at that yet. But just far as sheer numbers, the United States is ahead by 16% from the, the nearest competitor. So we are the most vulnerable country. And I'm like a similar to say that, but China is definitely number two, a uh, distant second by about 16%. So, you know, we broke it down even further. We looked at what the most vulnerable city was in the world. And there's a city called Ashburn. I'm wondering if there's some of the data that we collected, there's a couple different Ashburns in the United States. I'm wondering if all that data kind of got globbed together, but Ashburn is the most vulnerable city. There's also some cities in China that are pretty well represented as far as being the most vulnerable cities, having systems facing the internet that are vulnerable to heart bleed. And then we have a breakdown of notable cities like New York has about 1,600 systems that are vulnerable to heart bleed. Singapore has about the same 1,600. Shanghai has over 1,000. Bangkok has over 1,000. Amsterdam has over 1,000. Seattle, being such a tech-savvy city, has nearly 1,000 systems facing the internet, vulnerable to heart bleed. Los Angeles, about the same. Even London, we know of at least uh, 500 systems in London that are vulnerable to heart bleed facing the internet. So some pretty fun statistics in there. Well, if Ashburn wants to take the bull by the horns, maybe they can rebrand <laughs> themselves as Heartbleed. Right. Yeah, the Heartbleed capital of the world, right? Yeah. One of the interesting statistics we actually pulled out were the most vulnerable device types, right? So we were interested in thinking that embedded devices or connected devices would probably be especially vulnerable to something like Heartbleed, given that People may not even realize that their device is vulnerable to Heartbleed because they don't know what software is running on there. And so uh, we looked at the vulnerable devices facing the internet, by far representing 60% of the vulnerable devices is network infrastructure. So routers, gateways, switches, both commercial and enterprise. So you know your cable modem, the router that you have that's serving your IP addresses so you can get to the internet, that sort of thing. 60% of the vulnerable devices that we saw is network infrastructure. 16%, so in a distant, distant second, are printers, internet-facing printers that are vulnerable to Heartbleed. I'm guessing that the owners of these printers probably, number one, don't realize their printers facing the internet, and then number two, don't realize that their printer is vulnerable to Heartbleed. Number three is network-attached storage, about 14%. Number four is actually a little scary. It's uh, ICS and SCADA. Those are the things that run power plants, wastewater treatment facilities, and things like that, right? So about 8% of the connected devices that we see are for ICS, are ICS SCADA, vulnerable to Heartbleed. And so once again, I'm guessing those folks running that ICS and SCADA, number one, probably don't realize that their ICS SCADA is connected to the internet. And number two, that is vulnerable to something like Heartbleed. Well, in patch and refresh cycles in that industry, it can be on the order of 10, 15, maybe 20 years. Right. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see the number of connected ICS SCADA devices that are vulnerable to Heartbleed. I wouldn't be surprised if it never changed, right? Because like you said, the patching in that industry is just very, very slow. I would hope that the number of devices... ICS skated devices on the internet period kind of dropped down, but you know, of those that are on there represents about 8% of what we see as vulnerable uh, devices on the internet. Well, one of the takeaways from Heartbleed that we saw was funding, for example, for OpenSSL. Yeah, it seemed like definitely. some businesses that were relying on this open source software ponied up to hopefully make it now more secure. That's obviously one good thing that's come of Heartbleed. Are you seeing any other signs for hope that have come from this vulnerability? I think the one shining light for Heartbleed was the community response. So the technical data and the te technical analysis for Heartbleed is made freely available. So everyone had a good understanding if they wanted to. Everyone had a good understanding of how that bug worked and what caused it. You could even go to the source code repository for OpenSSL and find out who checked in the bug, when it was approved, exactly when it was introduced into the OpenSSL source code. That is great accountability, right? There's hundreds of tools that are freely available to test 
whether or not you're vulnerable to Heartbleed. Every vulnerability management tool that I know of had to check for Heartbleed within a matter of hours after knowing how it worked. And the amount of coverage you got from the community was outstanding, right? So I think when we look at some of the, the bleaker and darker parts of Heartbleed and the fact that there's over 200,000 servers still on the internet, that our ICS and SCADA is vulnerable to Heartbleed and facing the internet. I think one of the shining lights is the community response to Heartbleed and that they really came together, the community did, and made it to where you know there really is no excuse for not being able to detect Heartbleed, not being able to fix Heartbleed in particular systems, not being able to understand what the impact is. So those are all really good things I think the community did for Heartbleed. Billy? Thanks very much for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. Thank you for joining us.